Life Audio. Today we're talking about the idea of praise. I think sometimes we have a tendency to lump praise and worship together, and then we think that they're basically the same thing. And while they often go hand in hand, there is a distinct difference. So today we're going to be talking about this topic of praise from the Psalms and the greater world of the Old Testament, and then also our own lives. So stay tuned. I pray this episode is going to be a big blessing for you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are reading through Psalm 92. And if you're just joining us, we're going through one psalm a day where we're doing a devotional reading and I'm giving some background and context and some insight. And really it's not to replace your Bible reading, but it's to supplement it. And um, I, I chose to walk through the Psalms because on the Hearing Jesus podcast or the She Hears Ministry, the goal is always to help you hear God's voice more clearly. And in the New Testament, Jesus and the disciples refer back to the Psalms more than any other book. And my thought process with that was if this was important for Jesus, if this was Jesus's hymn book and prayer book, then it should be ours as well. And so that's where we're going through book by book. Um, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, to really see what it has to say. And what we find is that in the Psalms, we have all sorts of human emotions from joy to sorrow, to anxiety, to depression, to thanksgiving. We have prayer and we have poetry and we have hymns. And it's such a good example of what it means to be a follower of God in in a culture that is just dark. And so we're going to start with verse one of Psalm 92. Again, if you are wanting to dive a little bit deeper, what we do every Monday is I send out a journaling prompt as part of a summary of the week's episodes. And those journaling prompts can be used to help you just get this information from your head and into your heart. That's for the current episodes. That's all free. If you would like previous episodes, Psalm 1 through 50 is available in a guided journal. And the guided journal has um, a link to the audio devotional. It has space to actually journal and write. It has the, the journaling prompt question and a key verse from, from that episode that day. And again, it's only $5. It's it's just a simple, easy way to keep track of which Psalms you've read, which ones you haven't, and to help you just dive a little bit deeper. You can find that at shehears.org on the resources page. And there's also a bunch of different note-taking Bibles or journaling Bibles that go along with the She Hears Bible study. And I'm just praying that those resources are a blessing for you. 
So I'm reading from the NIV. Unless I say otherwise, I'll always be reading from the NIV. And that's just because a lot of people understand the language of the NIV. It's familiar to a lot of people, but feel free to use whatever version is um, your favorite. A lot of people will ask me, what's the best version? I think the best version is the one that you're going to read consistently. And so I would encourage you to pick up the one that you're the most comfortable with and, and read that. Starting at verse 1, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord! How profound your thoughts! The senseless man does not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will forever they will be forever destroyed. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever, for surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured upon me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. So today's psalm is what would be considered a psalm of thanksgiving. And we know that it, whether coincidentally or intentionally, showcases the joy that can be associated with the Sabbath and the fact that Sabbath prayers include praise. And um, I know we haven't talked a lot about praise in the Psalms. We have a couple times, but so many of the Psalms showcase the opposite emotion that I love the opportunity to sit with for a little bit the Psalms of Thanksgiving. And so today we're going to be talking about this whole idea of praise. And you'll remember we're now in book four of the Psalms. The Psalms are divided up into five natural divisions, but we're in book four. And this would have been in the late period of exile or the early period of post-exile. And that would be the background of when this would have been taken place, when this would have been written. And it really draws attention to this idea of Sabbath. And and if you don't know, Sabbath is what we would refer to now as a Sabbath would typically be Sundays. Some people would consider it Saturday or sundown to sundown. Um, You know, depending on your faith background and your liturgical background, I mean, you might look at that differently. But in this culture, it was an opportunity to rest and to be freed from work to worship. And this idea of of Sabbath is something that goes hand in hand with the idea of praise. This is actually the only Psalm in the entire Psalter, which I don't know if you've ever heard that word, but the Psalter is how we refer to the book of Psalms that is referred to as the Psalter. Um, But this is the only Psalm that is assigned to a day of the week. And so there are different lists for different days of the week. And this one is assigned to an actual specific day, which I think is interesting. Um, And and I think it lays down this foundation, this understanding that not only was the Sabbath created for rest, but it was also created for thanksgiving or for praise. 
This psalm is also designated as a song. It says, the title of it says it's a song for the Sabbath day. That designation means that it likely was sang as a song on the Sabbath, perhaps in the temple. The Levites could have sung that psalm as the psalm of the day during the daily sacrifice. And the psalm the, uh, writer who's, who's writing the psalm most likely is the king. What we see throughout this psalm is this idea that it is good to praise the Lord. I mean, verse 2 says, To proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Praise and thanksgiving are basic elements in the life of a believer. And we see that throughout the scriptures in both the New Testament and the Old Testament. And so one of the things that I think is helpful for us to remember is that we should constantly be in a framework or a frame of mind where we are thanking the Lord for the, at the, at the very least for our salvation that he provided to us through Jesus. Um, you know, there's lots of things we are to be thankful for, but even if we have nothing else to be thankful for, we can thank God and praise him for his role in our life and, and his redemption. And so we, I mean, we can also express gratitude for his love and his favor in his, in our lives for, we've been talking about faithfulness. So his faithfulness and his guidance and his provision and his care in our lives. Um, but I, I think too, going beyond that, we should also be expressing gratitude for God's word and, I try to do that as often as I remember to do it, to just thank God for the treasure that his word is. Um, and, and then also for things like spiritual gifts, you know, the spiritual gift of discernment, you know, as a warning when something's just not quite right or around a certain person that, that God's trying to warn you about, or the spiritual gift of teaching, or, or if you're a worship leader or somebody that just likes to worship or all the various spiritual gifts, um, that should produce also in us this overwhelming sense of, of thanks giving. I think sometimes we forget that part of Thanksgiving is praise where we're not just maybe casually thinking, oh, thank, thank you, God, for that or your role in my life in that area. But I think going beyond that to the next step is actually sitting down and setting aside time to specifically praise God for those things in our lives. The followers of Jesus should always be in a posture of thanking God, even if that's difficult. And I, I recognize that sometimes we don't feel thankful for maybe the situations in our lives, but the fact that we don't have to go through those situations alone, the fact that we can have peace in those situations, those are all aspects of this, um, maybe like you know, what they would call it, an attitude of gratitude. And that sounds cheeky, but, but really that should be where we're at because of all that Christ has done for us and everything that he means to us, who he is to us. And I think remaining in this posture of thankfulness, sometimes even despite the hard circumstances we're going through, can serve as a way to evangelize to those around us. We're going to take a quick break here for a minute. And when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. 
So I want to dive into this idea of praise. To be perfectly honest, a lot of the language in this psalm is very easy to understand. Um, at a surface level, we can easily understand what it says. But I want to dive in more to this idea of praise. And we've talked about praise before uh, in several of the other psalms. But the Bible often encourages God's people to praise the Lord. And the writers of the Old Testament use three basic words that they use to call the Israelites to this praise prayer. And so the word Barak, which can also be translated as bless. There's the word halal, from which we, we get that word hallelujah. So that means praising the Lord. And the word yada, which is sometimes translated as giving thanks. And so the Bible's first recorded song, came after the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea. So you remember they were fleeing um, the Pharaoh and, and the bad guys were chasing them and they get to the Red Sea and God parts the waters and they're able to, to walk through on dry land. And there was this miraculous event where the Lord intervened and it was quite honestly a miracle. And so a song of praise and thanksgiving to God for that miracle rescuing them from that Egyptian army is what we see. And that's in um, Exodus, I think it's chapter 15. So later, Moses commanded the Israelites to praise God for his goodness as he gave them the promised land. So again, we see praise. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deborah's song uh, called for the people to praise the Lord after there was uh, victory over their enemy, and that was in Judges chapter 5. David praised God, and he recorded the story of his life. We see that throughout the Old Testament in lots of different places. And then the Psalms that David wrote, there's a lot of Psalms where he is praising the Lord. And so there are other Psalms where different writers challenge God's people to live in this posture of praise in a way that brings honor to God as we praise him. And this example, this biblical example, um, even the Old Testament prophets instructed God's people to praise him. But this biblical example is a key takeaway for us because I think sometimes the temptation is to say, you know, there's too much going on in my life, too much bad stuff going on in the world around us. I just don't have it in me to praise God. But if you think through the situations that were going on in the Old Testament examples of when we're specifically seeing um, the people responding in praise, it's because of those situations, those hard situations, the hard, difficult circumstances around us when the Lord brought them through that prompted the praise. And, you know, I think one of the common misconceptions about being a believer is that the life of a believer is easy. It's not easy. We're not promised ease. We're promised presence. And so the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit is what gives us peace. It's what gets us through. It's how we can still have joy despite the chaos of the world around us, either in our personal lives or in the culture that we live in or the circumstances of the government or our families or our jobs or whatever it is. It's in those situations when God still intervenes on our behalf, either with protection or provision or peace or any of the other blessings that come from being a believer. That's what prompts praise in us. It's not the absence of those issues, but it's God's presence in the midst of those issues. I think that's a really important piece that we don't want to overlook. We see it in the New Testament as well. I don't want to overlook that. I mean, I know we're focusing on the Old Testament with the Psalms right now, but the call to praise God is echoed over and over throughout the New Testament. I mean, Jesus 
praise his father in heaven over and over again. We see that example of Paul. He expects the nations to praise God. And then James, of course, tells us to praise the Lord. And even in the end, the book of Revelation describes a multitude of people and angels praising God forever without end. And, and I think that showcases this idea that we were created for praising God. That's part of our DNA, a part of the makeup of who we are as believers. We know scripture talks about how praising God is one of the main functions of the angels. And it's also a privilege of all of God's people as children of God, both young and old. I mean, babies all the way on up to elderly people. There's no limitation on that. And so God calls the nations to praise him. And, you know, one of my favorite verses we'll get to later in in our next chunk of uh, Psalms that we're going to be studying is that famous verse out of Psalm 150 that says, everything that has breath is called to shout out the praise of God. And so if you have breath in your lungs, then you are called to praise God. And so God even commands everything else that he has made in nature to praise him. I mean, the Psalms later, we're going to get into that into Psalm 148, but even back in Psalm 19, God has called nature to praise him. So the sun and the moon and the stars and the lightning and the hail and the snow and the wind, um, even things like the mountains and the hills and the rivers and the seas and the trees, you know, all of these living creatures, everything that God has created, it is created to show his glory and that he is worthy of our praise. We praise him because he's worthy, not necessarily because of our circumstances or his presence in our circumstances, because despite our circumstances, he is still worthy. I think there's a couple different methods of praise and praising God can be shown in a variety of ways. Praise is one of the elements that we talk about when we're talking about congregational worship or worship within a body of believers. Um, we can also have private aspects of praise in our worship time and our prayer time when we're alone in our homes. Um, it's not confined to a group setting, but when we see the example of like what we're talking about today, the singing of Psalms or hymns or spiritual songs, it's a way to express our praise to God. And it can be expressed with um, you know, in human language, I mean, we, the words that we're saying and that we're expressing, it can be expressed through the spirit. Um, there's a lot of people that praise through, um, a special personal prayer language, the gift of tongues, gift of speaking in tongues. There's a lot of people that, that praise God through that. Um, and if that is done in a personal private setting, that's one thing I would encourage you that if you are, um, part of that kind of expression in a public setting, that there would be an interpretation given as well. And I'm not going to get too far into that because there's a lot of denominational differences within our audience, but my caution would be to make sure that there is an interpretation if that is happening in the public setting. But of course, music, um, musical praise is expressed through different kinds of instruments. And depending on the kind of church you go to, it could be guitars or keyboards or singing or drums. I mean, this can look differently in different areas and different places. But I think what we have to remember is that the goal here is communicating God's praise by telling others of the, the, the acts that he's done either in our own life or throughout the scripture. So for example, um, after David experienced God's forgiveness, the overflow of his heart was to tell others about what the Lord had done for him. 
I think sometimes we complicate what praise actually is. Praise is an overflow of the heart of what God has done for us. And that's a very easy thing to do after you've experienced God's hand. But you first have to get to a place where you are willing to experience God's hand, where you are willing to be in this relationship with him so that you can recognize it when he's at work in your life. Um, The biblical writers urge us throughout the scriptures to declare God's glory and the praise within the congregation of, of people. And I think this is one of those areas that's really important because it encourages others. You know, there's been a lot of times where I may have gone into the church doors, um, whether I'm in a season of grief or just heaviness, or, you know, it's been a busy week with the kids or whatever it is. And I'm not feeling it, but I go anyway, because I know um, that's part of what God calls me to do. And then through the praise of other people, when, when they are sharing testimonies of what God has done in their own lives, maybe that week, that is so encouraging to me, especially in those moments that I need it. And I know that the same is true. And when I am sharing praise over what God has done in my life for that week, it encourages other people. And um, even just this morning, I think, you know, praise can take on a little, a lot of different forms, but I was going through some messages from some readers about different things that God has done in and through the Bible study. And I remember just sitting there just thinking, okay, praise God, praise God for what you're doing. It's so exciting to hear from other people and so encouraging to hear from other people what God is doing. It's part of the reason in our Facebook group, which if you're not part of that, I would encourage you to be a part of that. It's for women only, but we, one of the things we do is we say, share once a week, I say, share with me a testimony of what God is doing in your life. And that it gives us an opportunity to praise God for his work within our own community. And, and I, I think the heart really is this key of overflow. Praise is the overflow of what God is doing in your life. Why do people play, praise the Lord? I mean, I think we've been kind of talking through that, but I just want to point out that, that people praise God to express that they are aware of his presence and then also to celebrate who he is in their lives. So we can be singing or speaking or talking about his power or his glory or his majesty or his provision or or who he is as the one that created the heavens and the earth. I think, you know, anytime we see a beautiful view, um, our natural inclination is to just, okay, praise Jesus for who you are as a creator. Um, you know, if you've ever been to a beautiful place like the mountains or like Hawaii or, you know, even the Dominican Republic is so beautiful. The the mission trip we just got back from, there's parts of the Dominican that we go and we just are overwhelmed with the beauty and the majesty of our creator. That invokes in us this natural bend towards praise. And so it's an, it's a natural thing as believers for us to lean into praising God for who he is and, and what he's done and how he's created us and the world around us. It's important to make sure that we are also honoring God for his holiness in our lives. And as we experience his love and his work in our lives, it gets to a place where if we are constantly looking for ways to praise God, it becomes a more natural part of our our language and our vocabulary. Um, Even like a mind shift change. I know with my own children, you know, sometimes they'll come home and they've had a bad day at school and, you know, they're explaining something that happened. And then I, we have to train them to say, okay, but how can we praise God in this situation? Well, we can praise God that he protected me, or we can praise God that, um, you know, I woke up healthy today or all the number of things that are, are praising 
are, are blessings that we can praise him for it even despite those bad days that we may have. And sometimes it takes work. I think um, if we're out of the habit of doing it, if we're out of the habit of recognizing it, especially if we're not within a community of other believers, um, sometimes we can kind of get off course with that. Um, So I would encourage you to integrate praise into your daily life. Even if you feel like there's nothing you can praise God for because of the situation of your life, I think you can praise God for the fact that you have breath in your lungs that you have um, access to God's word because there's many people in lots of nations that don't have access to God's word. You can praise God for just being able to listen with your ears or, or any number of things. I think if we start looking and listing the blessings that God has given us, it's a lot easier to praise him. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and start at verse one. Again, we're at Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord! How profound your thoughts! The senseless man does not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evil doers flourish, they will be forever destroyed. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever. For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evil doers will be scattered. You've exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured upon me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in, in him. God, we thank you for the way that you are operating in our lives. And and we pray that you would give us a renewed sense of praise in our lives. And even in those moments where we are finding difficulty to praise you for what's going on in our lives, maybe it's difficult circumstances, help us to recognize that we can praise you for who you are. We can praise you for the way that you interact and operate through Uh, scripture. We can praise you for the scriptures themselves and having access to the scripture. There's a number of things that we can praise you for, breath in our lungs or the ability to use our eyes. Lord, help us to have our eyes open to the things that are around us, the things that we take for granted that we can praise you for. Lord, I pray for my friend that might be in the midst of a situation where it's difficult to praise you. God, I praise you even now for your work in their lives, even if they can't see it right now, even they can't feel it. Lord, help us lean into this idea of thanking you for who you are as an overflow of our experience with you during our hard seasons, not despite them. God, I thank you for the way that you continually reveal yourself to us through your word and what a treasure your word is. Thank you that we have the ability to read it, to understand it, and to know who you are as a result of it. I thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? 
Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.